0: Attention strictly hoop talk and strictly hip hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have they have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have everything and they got more stuff coming soon i was just told that they have more stuff coming soon so fans go to anti-forever usa today and remember to use the special co- promo code platy to get 10 percent off your purchase that's p-l-a-t-t-e and make sure you know that the p is capital the link will be in the description of the podcast shop anti-forever usa today anti hello everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I am your host Chris Platy, and joining me for this special podcast the day before the playoffs, Noah Lofman. Noah, how you doing?
1: I'm doing as well as anyone can be, Chris, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It is finally here, the NBA playoffs. It's been a long and grueling regular season this year and and now we have just all of the best basketball to look forward to.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't have I couldn't have said it any better, man. It's been a long regular season. It's been statistically speaking one of the lowest uh, regular season in terms of views the NBA has seen in a while, which is crazy coming off of how strong the NBA has grown. But nonetheless, we are here. All the seeds are decided. What we are going to do is go uh, highlight each matchup, each first round matchup in the playoffs. Um, by each conference so noah where would you like to start
1: well i'd love to start out east uh i'm not sure this year there's one conference that's so much better than the other one i don't buy into the whole western conference is this amazing mb you know side of the nba and the east is garbage no i actually think uh for the most part both sides are pretty evenly matched and Living closer to the East, I should say, being a fan of hmm. teams in the Eastern Conference, I I might as well just start out east.
0: All right, yeah, so let's start out east. So we'll we'll start with the one eight matchup. Uh Boston versus Chicago. Now this came down to an epic uh epic conclusion Wednesday. It was three teams, Indiana, Chicago, and Miami, all competing for the last uh for the last two playoff spots. And Miami was unfortunately left uh, on the outside looking in, so it is now Chicago versus Boston. Noah, it's a 1-8 matchup, so I don't think there's really a lot to talk about, but first I do want to ask you, just out of curiosity, because I haven't heard anything concrete, but uh, what is the status on Dwayne Wade?
1: I, I'm i with you. I've not heard anything definitive either. Uh, same with Rajon Rondo, really. A lot is up in the air right now in Chicago regarding health with those guys and regarding uh, lineups because as we know when the Bulls this season first started to play those three alpha dogs at the same time Rondo Wade and Butler there was just not enough shooting on the court and that was one of their worst lineups especially offensively and you know matchups and style just matter so much in this league that crazy enough the Bulls were playing better basketball when they had Paul Zipser on the court than when they had those three guys. So we're just going to have to wait and see is kind of the vibe that I'm getting from Fred Hoiberg, um, which makes it a little hard to predict the series, I think, because you don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and you know, with how incredible Dwayne Wade was in a flashback year last year in the playoffs, uh, I, I really... I really hope that if Dwayne Wade is healthy enough that he does play on uh in the playoffs because when I when I first heard that he was shut down for a season that seemed like, you know, part of a tank job, which I think it originally was until, you know, Jimmy Butler kind of turned things around. But um having Jimmy and Wade while they don't play, ideally they don't play that great together. Uh if you stagger those two minutes, that always gives you kind of a star-level player on the court. And you know, in the playoffs, superstars win basketball games. So, um, so that's the status on Dwyane Wade. But kind of jumping into this, going into this series with let's say let's say that Rondo and Wade do not play. Um, do you do you think that Chicago gets a game? I mean, and, and if so, I mean, what is what is let me put it this way: What does Chicago have to do to make a, a competitive series?
1: I think Chicago's getting a game, and I'm going back and forth on whether or not I should give them two games because I think this Bulls team provides a really interesting matchup um, problem for the Celtics. Uh, As we know, Boston has struggled immensely on the glass this season uh, and on the defensive side of the ball. They finished outside the top ten in defensive efficiency, and they landed among bottom four in defensive rebounding percentage as well. And the Bulls, on the other hand, were one of the league's best offensive rebounding teams, finishing fourth, and Robin Lopez averaged over three offensive rebounds per game. So if this becomes a a battle on the glass or (coughs) or a low-scoring, grit-and-grind type of classic Eastern Conference series, I could maybe see a scenario where at Chicago um the bulls take a game or two now there's no way in hell i'm picking them to win this series but i'm not like everyone else who thinks this is just going to be a cakewalk for boston i think boston's one of the weakest one seeds in the history of the in the of the nba you'd have to dig back to like 2002 new jersey nets to find me a weaker one they don't rebound they don't defend yes isaiah thomas is great and they have some nice wing defenders but come on, this is not your typical 1-8 matchup. So I'm actually convincing myself uh, as I'm telling you all this to say Celtics win in 6 in 6 hard fought tough games.
0: Hmm. You know, I w- I'll, I'll say this. I would go 6 if they had if the if the Bulls had uh Rondo and Wade because although I, they don't play together well, um I think that if Fred Hoyberg was smart and that all three of them were available, and he staggered their minutes and everything, and played them uh, strategically. Then I think that the Bulls could give Boston a problem. Like you said, I I too am with you on boat uh, on board with the Boston being a weak one seed. Uh, I mean, it's just. I'm sorry for those that love Isaiah Thomas, but like it's just so hard for me to buy in that a five9 guy in the playoffs is going to carry your offense because this offense is is really, really just struggling without him. And so I, I think that especially if you look at the numbers, I mean Boston just Boston needs Isaiah to be Isaiah and if you just say, all right, Jimmy, defend Isaiah, what is boston's offense going to be how is boston going to score now i know you can counter with how is chicago going to score cuz chicago outside of jimmy really and and wade and wade playing iso ball when he if he's there uh i mean chicago really doesn't score that well either so it's it, it it's very tricky i think it's going to be an ugly low scoring series and i think they i'm with you i think i don't think every game will be competitive but i think that I'm saying that one or two, maybe at most three of them are competitive, and Chicago gets one. That's where I'm leaning right now. That's that.
1: All right, we'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: So let's let's jump to number two, Cleveland Cavaliers, who lost lost the one seed to Boston, at on the last day of the regular season. Cleveland versus Indiana. Now this one is more interesting and compelling just from a storyline matchup. You know, Paul George once again playing LeBron in the playoffs. Uh, Paul George and LeBron have had their share, their fair share of dueling in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Paul George plays spectacular basketball in the playoffs, to say the least. Uh, with all the worries and concerns about the Cavs going into the playoffs, Noah, are you at all worried that Indiana could be any type of problem for Cleveland?
1: I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I think this is actually a better matchup for Cleveland than what could have been a Bulls-Cavs matchup. And I wouldn't even have been that worried if they had to play the Bulls. But looking at the regular season and looking at how well the Bulls have played on national television and the fact that the Bulls went 4-0 and against Cleveland this year, many are arguing and throwing out some conspiracy theories that the Cavs were more than happy, if you know what I mean, at uh, getting that 2 seed and avoiding Chicago and playing this Indiana Pacers squad that I mean, as you kind of alluded to, they have one really, really good player. Paul George is excellent, but I'm not really a fan of many other guys on that team. Jeff Teague was a bit of a disappointment. Miles Turner's all right, but at the end of the day, I just cannot imagine this series going more than five. I mean, Paul George could I I could maybe envision like a game three or game four in Indiana where Paul George just takes over, goes for 41, and has a clutch play, but other than that i really don't see how the defending nba champions at full strength and in the right mindset are going to struggle with this indiana pacers squad they're about average in everything they're not horrible at anything but you look at offensive efficiency defensive efficiency they're right in the middle of the pack 16th in both uh they're nothing special
0: yeah good point good point um i'm with you i'm gonna i think i'm gonna take it a step further so are you saying uh official prediction uh just just to make clear this is probably something we should have started from the beginning so really quickly um what what are your predictions for the boston boston chicago and indiana and cleveland
1: yeah 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 i so i yeah as i was kind of alluding to before with the boston series i'm a little bit more concerned with the bulls firepower and the fact that jimmy butler could be the best player on the court in that series. And that being said, I have to take this series to at least six. So I'm going to say Celtics win in six. Um, and as far as the Cavs Pacers go, I'm going to go gentlemen sweep Cavs in five.
0: Okay. Um, I will go. I will go. Uh, sh- sorry, Boston in five in the first series. And in the second series, uh, Cleveland versus Indiana, I am going to go. I'm going to go a sweep. I think that all this all right. talk, all this talk. I think Cleveland. Well, I do think they got a lot of ground to make up. I'm not, I'm not on that. I'm not totally on board with the oh, they're just gonna flip the switch and be the 2016 Finals Cavs. They're, they're not there. It's gonna take them around two, maybe three to get fully back there. Um, they definitely have some work to do. So that's how I could see Indiana sneaking in a game. But I'm sorry, I just look at this matchup. LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love versus Paul George, uh, Jeff Teague, Al Jefferson, Monte Ellis, like I, I just think they're just sheer gonna overpower and outperform uh Indiana in four straight mm-hmm. games. And I think I think they're gonna walk through with this matchup. All right.
1: All right. Let's jump we'll to, see what happens <laughs> once again. Yeah, let's
0: jump to uh maybe your favorite series of the of maybe even the whole playoffs, honestly. Toronto versus Milwaukee. Noah, I will let you take the floor on this one because this is your Milwaukee yeah. team.
1: I love the Bucks. I'm excited. I will be going to at least one game in this series, possibly two. Uh, and that might depend on how long the series goes. Hoping for the best for my Bucs. Uh, but I'm going to try and be an objective in, an, in an, uh, analyzing this. Look, Giannis Antetokounmpo is fantastic, but he's 22 years old and he doesn't have much around him. This series is going to depend on whether or not Chris Middleton is going to be at his best. And we've seen, you know, lethal Chris Middleton, you know, the type of Chris Middleton that was coming out like two years ago, but since the injury, I just haven't seen much from him. What worries me with this Toronto squad, though, is their lack of great performances in the playoffs. I get it. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But it's hard to convince me that they weren't disappointing at times in the playoffs last year. I mean, first round, it looked like they were going to choke away that series to the Pacers. They went to seven games against a Pacers squad that is at least, you know, doesn't look that much worse than what the Pacers are now. And then they went to seven with Miami, an old rotten-up heat team, led by Dwayne Wade. So – I think the Raptors, as we've seen come playoff time, they don't usually play at their best. So I'm a little bit worried there. But at the end of the day, Toronto's guards just seem way too much for Milwaukee to handle. You look at you look up and down that roster on Milwaukee. Who's gonna guard Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan? I just I just don't know. Um, and of course Giannis is a matchup problem for Toronto, but that's one guy versus two. And then you look at Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker's defensive efforts. I'm picking the Raptors in five.
0: Okay. Um, you know, you make, you make an interesting case about Toronto's playoff woes. Um, I've kind of been on board all season with the idea that even though they showed absolutely no evidence of it last year, like you outlined, going to 7-7 seven, seven, and then losing in six to Cleveland, that even though they showed no evidence last year that they were mentally over the playoff hump, I feel like with just an offseason, they've recalibrated and I think that I think we will start to see Toronto play a little closer to their regular season ball in the playoffs because last year I don't think they even played regular season ball in the playoffs and that's why they went seven against Indiana, Miami and then and then were it went it, it it wasn't really a six game series against Cleveland. Cleveland just didn't show up for two games, just didn't take them seriously and Toronto got two games. But um going back to going back to my point about Toronto, um I do think they've matured a little. So I don't know. I I want to go sweep because I just feel like you said Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan and then um even though Milwaukee has all this great size like they, you know, Toronto can counter with Ibaka, Valanchunas, they got some, they got some bigs to throw at Milwaukee, um, so I don't think that Milwaukee's size, which is what's normally such a strong, uh, factor in their, in their success, their size and length, I don't think that's going to work as well against Toronto, because even Kyle Lowry and, uh, DeMar DeRozan are kind of lengthy for guards, and so, so I think that Toronto can play with matchups and, that can uh that can really counter everything milwaukee brings to the table and also like guys like brogdon and stuff like in playoff basketball i'm not expecting anything from brogdon i don't i don't think you should be either uh i mean he was an okay to good at times rookie this year and you know those kinds of rookies very, very few rookies do translate to the playoffs, but those kinds of players and those kinds of rookies especially don't translate into the playoffs in their first year. So I, I'm i gonna, I'm gonna say sweep. Um, I think that Giannis is even gonna have some moments in the playoffs where he's just, you know, he's young. This is his first time. So uh, I'm gonna go with Toronto. Um, you almost talked me into a game, but I'm going Toronto sweep. I just think I just think they have more experience, more talent, and I think yeah. I think the Bucks are just uh, just too young.
1: Well, I quickly just want to add one more stat about Toronto, and it'll probably help your case with the sweep um, and how far they would be going forward. Toronto is in some pretty nice company this season. They're one of the few teams that's in top ten in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. And they're accompanied by the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs. So a pretty short list to be a part of. Um, but if I'm a Raptors fan, I'd be I'd be a little more confident this year, especially with how my team has been playing defensively down the stretch of the season, uh, than I would be in the past, let's say. So I think you, you could be onto something that uh, they they they've learned a lot from their mistakes last season. They made it some great roster moves to get P.J. Tucker to get Serge Ibaka, and now they find themselves in the top ten in offensive and defensive efficiency with the Spurs and the Warriors. I mean, that's about as good as a place as you can be if you're Dwayne Casey and the Raptors.
0: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, all right, so let's jump to the last series in the East before we go West, and that is Washington-Atlanta, the 4-5 matchup. Now, Noah, what what on earth is Atlanta's best lineup to throw against Washington? <laughs>
1: You know, I might I might only I might I was thinking about saying uh, their second unit as you saw how well they played against the Cavs. Yeah. I mean that looked like their best their best five man group led by uh what that what's that rookie? Delaney or whatever. Yeah. Uh who was like the twentieth pick in the draft. I mean, this is a weird series. And Atlanta's a really funny team. They're great defensively, fourth best in the league defensively, they're horrendous offensively, but as you said, in a guard oriented league that's how the league is right now. It's really guard oriented. You have, you know, you have shooters and scorers. You're gonna win. Just lay it out on a map. One side is Bradley Beal and John Wall. What does the other side have? I'm really struggling to see how Atlanta gets a game, because I, I just think when it comes down to it, this Washington team, they're only a four seed because of how bad they started off. Right. I mean, they were horrible at the beginning of the season you would have just taken their second half of the season record and multiplied it. They'd be maybe even the one or two seed. So this is a really good Washington team. They have the star power. They might even have like the three best players in the series if Otter Porter gets hot. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick my first sweep. <laughs> and I hate to do it because I love Mike Budenholzer, but at the end of the day, players win the games. I'm going to go wizards in four.
0: Hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay, Noah. Finally, I finally got you on board for a sweep. I've been dying for a hot take all podcast, and you finally gave me one. No, I'm, I'm with
1: this Atlanta team's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like that hot take. By the way, that was a sneaky hot take there. The three best players, including Otto Porter. Um, that that's mm-hmm. that's interesting, man. It's gonna be crazy to see how how in one year how much his value changed in, in entering free agency. I mean. That is a hell of a contract year for Otto Porter, and the same could be argued with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's having quite a uh, month. He's at probably like a six-week stretch now for Atlanta, where he's been. He's just been a great basketball player for them. Um, so, you know the the shooter Schreuder, the shooter Howard pick and roll. I like it at times, but it just doesn't have the chemistry I like. Paul Millsap, he, he's he's definitely he's definitely a tier below uh, what he was last season, but he's still a really solid player, and I think that he'll give. I think Paul Millsap will give uh, Washington a lot of trouble, um, because if you go small against him, you can't really go. Washington doesn't really have anyone that can go small against him. Like Otto Porter's just, he's got the size and the length, but he's just a little bit too thin. And so I would I would say with I would say with Atlanta that, um, you know, one game I think I think Schroeder and Howard will click. They haven't really clicked all season um, consistently for a long time, but I could see them clicking for a game in this series. And, you know, Paul Millsap and, and, and like you said, Bud- Budenhoser is a hell of a coach. He coached a, he coached a team to 60 wins that didn't really have any business being a 60 win team. So he he definitely has some coaching uh some coaching chops but yeah I'm also with you in the fact that Washington is a underrated 4 seed because of how bad they started. I think they started what was Let me ask you something. Nine, 1 and 9? Something like that?
1: Yeah. It was 1 and 9, but I I'm just really curious about this and I think if if you think about this question you you might end up coming to my side with the sweep. Look at all the teams in the playoffs, East and West. You put Atlanta in a series against anyone in the playoffs, so you could even, you know, the eight-seeded Bulls, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, the Pacers, any of them. Are you picking the Hawks to win that series?
0: I'm taking them over the Bulls, and maybe even the Pacers, to be honest. And
1: okay, so you're a little high on the. the land and than the and the Bucks.
0: <laughs> I'm taking right. I'm taking them I, over. I really I'm taking them over them. all four of those teams.
1: Interesting. Or okay.
0: three, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think, I think Atlanta's got a solid squad, I think they just play very inconsistent, and I, I don't think that Schroeder and Howard have clicked, I think there's some major chemistry issues there, I think Schroeder just in general is not, doesn't have the respect that, uh, Teague had, and that doesn't, and so the Hawks aren't really, they, they're more individual than they've ever been, they're, they're a bunch of individuals in a team-oriented, uh, in a team-oriented roster, a team-oriented uh, structure, so that that's where Atlanta's flaws come in. And I I hear you that I, I I mean I think they could be competitive against those other teams could be competitive against Atlanta, but Atlanta still got at the end of the day Howard, who's obviously not Howard from Orlando, but he's good. He's a good center to have in this league. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is a as much as I despise him, he's a capable point guard. Tim Hardaway Jr. I won't really count him because we'll see what he can do playoff time. Paul Millsap, it Paul Millsap is a really good player to have, and they got some depth. They got some depth with uh, Baysmore, who even though he starts, but they got Cephalosha. They got Mike Dunleavy's kind of turned it around. Jose Calderon. Yeah, I mean, why not? I get I give Atlanta a shot against those teams, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that one one game um they're just gonna they're just gonna have a game and also because washington's bench is so atrocious that if one game if their starters or or a few even a few of their starters aren't clicking i i could totally see atlanta winning the game Mm
1: -hmm. well all right i hear (laughs) you both agree that it's going to be a quick a quick series uh one more point to add atlanta has the worst point differential out of any team in the playoffs right now hmm
0: Man, you are –
1: So that's something to keep in mind. I'm still just – I don't even understand uh, how they're a five seed. I, I don't know if you remember, but when we did our over-under pods, I was low on them. I've been low on them all season. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll... they're probably going to shock me and, and win this series and make me look like an idiot. But this, I just—I just i just can't wrap my head around it, the Hawks being a good team this year.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I, I, I am defending them, but I think that I don't want it to get misconstrued that I think they're a good team either. I don't. I just if it makes sense, I'm just I'm just low on the other teams below them, like so. Um, so it's not anything. It's not anything like I'm like i caping for Atlanta or I think they're really good. But anyways, mm-hmm. let's jump to the West now. So the West. Uh, this one could be real quick. One uh, eight Golden State versus Portland. Uh, do you got really anything interesting to talk about here? What are, what is the interesting talking point? Because to me, I don't really. I don't really see it other than it's gonna be a shootout series and I guess the only interesting storyline is is Nurkic gonna play.
1: I, I don't know. Like I'm not excited for this at all. I'm, I'm not picking either. Warriors and Ford. Yeah. There's not much there's not much here. I, um Damian Lillard's awesome and they'll score a lot, but the fact of the matter and people just keep ignoring this, Golden State is first in the league in offense. And right around first, some days are first, other days are second in defense. They are a phenomenal defensive team. And they're going to be ready to make a statement in the playoffs. Because, you know, believe it or not, the focus this season has not been on Golden State. Like, the national TV cameras, it's been on Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and the Cavs struggling. Like, I'm not seeing a lot of Warriors storylines. And they want to make a statement. They're going to. It's going to be quick and easy Maybe one of the games in Portland gets down to the wire, but I mean this Warrior squad is just way too good for me to see Portland winning a game. So I'm gonna go sweep Golden State.
0: I'm with you. Uh, Let's let's just move on because I echoed everything you said. I think the Warriors are just too damn good offensively and defensively. Damian Lillard will have his games because Curry doesn't really play defense on guards like that, Um, and you know CJ McCollum will have some moments, but. Yeah, they're not scoring. They're not outscoring Golden State because Golden State could totally abandon defense in, and beat them every time in a shootout. So, um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that that's it. So, this one I'm interested to talk to you about San Antonio Memphis. Now, last time you were on the podcast, which was last week, <laughs> you made a very hot take. Who, a uh, buddy of the podcast, Max, who was on later, um, talked about. Uh, we talked about that off air. And, you know, he was flabbergasted by your pick. So, Noah, are you actually picking Memphis over San Antonio? Or where are you at with this matchup? I
1: I, I never was definitive and said, like, Memphis is going to win the series. My words were, out of all of the ones and twos, I genuinely believe the Spurs are, uh, they have the most to be worried about in terms of an upset. They are biggest red flag this series. Not necessarily because of, like, me not thinking the Spurs are a great team. It's more because I really think the Grizzlies are a great, experienced, playoff-ready team. Now, it really hurts that Tony Allen looks to be out. I did not know that when I was uh, originally spewing my rhetoric about how great the Grizzlies are. So I am still sticking with the Spurs to win. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it goes the distance. My first seven-game series... Uh, wow, pick of the night. I am taking the series to a game seven. David Fizdale's Grizzlies are gonna shock everyone but me. And led by the veterans, keyword they're ready. They've been here before. Conley, Gasol, Randolph. The season series is two to two. I think both teams play a similar style. Grizzlies are a great defensive team. Great home crowd. I am all in. However, I think if it goes 7 and you're playing the 7th game in San Antonio, that blows. <laughs> so I am going to say Spurs in 7.
0: Okay, wow. Wow, so your your basically case or your foundation of Memphis going the distance against San Antonio is, is what exactly you think that just the Memphis between Conley, Gasol, and Randall create matchup problems for San Antonio?
1: I I just feel like you look at the Spurs, and I've kind of been saying this all season with the Spurs. I, I, they seem very one-dimensional to me. I, I just don't get the hype. I don't even think they're the second-best team in the conference. They're a great regular season team, but we've seen this narrative play out with the Spurs. They're like the hit-or-miss team in the playoffs. And they have one all-star, Kawhi Leonard, and I just think we've seen these games in the playoffs especially, oh my God, last year for sure, where Leonard was just non-existent. And we talked. I talked about this theory that seems to be pretty correct, um... With When you have the best two players or best player on the court in a series, you're going to win. The Spurs are in danger of not having the best player on the court. I I really am. I I am not a big believer in Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) So, look, I I think there's a way the Spurs get it together and Kawhi pulls through and they go on a deep, deep run. But I think this is a, a dangerous series for them. I really believe it. And if I'm going to take that stand and say that this is dangerous, I might as well ride with it and say this is going the distance.
0: Wow. See, your level of disrespect for Kawhi Leonard goes back several podcasts now, Noah. It is is unfathomable how disrespectful you are to the robot Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is so good. He's by far and away the best player in this series, Noah. He could he could have one hand and be the best player in this series. He is he is so good. And I and I'm very high on Marcus and Mike Conley. But none of them are touching Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi is going to just have his way this entire series, especially now that Tony Allen's not gonna be on him. He's gonna he's gonna be able to get to any spot he wants any way. My question is who the hell are they gonna throw at Kawhi, are they going to throw Mike Connolly? He's probably the best defensive player they have because with Tony Allen being out.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely would, and I'm not like like I said, Kawhi's never been that explosive scorer. Like I he look at his career, has he had a game where he scored like over thirty four points? Like he's a consistent. I'm going to give you twenty two points a night type of guy. But he's not the type of guy like we'll see in these playoffs. There will be games where LeBron, where even Paul George, where Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Steph Curry, where those guys will score, even Damian Lillard potentially, 45 points. And then win, win a game just single-handedly on a tremendous scoring effort. Kawhi's never done that in his career. Ka- Kawhi is a great defender. And I think he's actually, as I said before in the podcast, I think it might have been this show, that I, that I think he's a little bit overrated too, especially this year. The numbers don't favor him. Um, but he's just not one of those guys in this league that can – you put a team on his back and they just rally you, and I just don't see it. So even if Tony Allen's out, which is a big blow, what is the most dangerous scenario? Kawhi drops 25 versus 20? He's not putting up 40. I'm telling you that right now.
0: <laughs> he's, he's not, but – I mean, when when you look at Kawhi, when you look at what he does, how he dribbles off the pick and roll, and he gets to that elbow um, slash paint like slash free throw line area, he is just deadly at either finishing or making the right pass. He's going to consistently break down the defense, and he always moves the ball very well. Um, you know, Danny Green's going to get open open threes from from Kawhi Leonard breaking down Mike Conley, and then on top of that. You have you have Aldridge, who we're not even talking about, who I think we're sleeping on personally, who had a fantastic, albeit in a blowout loss to Oklahoma City, but he had a, he had a phenomenal series, um, you know, and, and he can between him and Kawhi, they can they can generate enough offense for themselves and the team to win, and I I just I don't think that. I don't think that Marcus Soul Mike Conley, and Zach Randolph. Well, they are. Well, they are three good offensive players. I think you stick Kawhi on Mike Conley, and then then all of a sudden you're forcing you're forcing Memphis to be to beat you with Zach Randolph and Marcus Soul who are well good. They're not going to beat you, especially when you don't really have anything on the wing. I mean, what is Chandler Parsons going to offer you at this point? Who's gonna be their third or fourth best scorer? I mean, Vince Carter. Like, I'm sorry, I just, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy Memphis. I'm, I'm out on Memphis. I'm saying San Antonio five.
1: All right, that's our biggest disagreement, and it's gonna be awfully interesting to see how this one plays out. And I think I, I'm like alone on this island, so I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for this. I'm ready for all the heat I'll about to get, or I'm ready um, for all the praise to be to be praised. <laughs>
0: well you know how it goes if you're right you're not praised but if you're wrong you're ridiculed <laughs> so,
1: yeah absolutely and you're sleeping on jamichael green by the way is the grizzlies fourth scoring option
0: uh all right i'll i'll gladly stay asleep on that all right let's jump to one of i i toss up i toss it up it's a toss-up between these next two series which one's the most interesting but i cannot wait for houston oklahoma Now, this is going to be a very interesting series because Harden and Westbrook won't guard each other. You'll have Patrick Beverly on Russell Westbrook, who those two, by the way, are like mortal enemies. They cannot stand each (laughs) other. And then you have have, um, Andre Robinson, who's a really good defender, probably an all-NBA defensive team player. Maybe that's a hot take. Uh, But you have him on James Harden and so it's going to be it's going to be very very interesting to see how these teams play out. The question is will Oklahoma City have enough firepower? Because Houston, let's put it to you this way. Houston's gonna make way more threes than Oklahoma will. So Oklahoma's strategy is going to have to be to rebound the basketball, um, to crash the offensive glass, and do all these these crazy things. And I honestly just, where I'm at is I'm at Houston in five because I just don't see how they're going to get that many offensive rebounds because the shooting difference between Houston and Oklahoma is so drastic that Houston's going to click for at least two of these games. So that's two games that are going to be blown out of reach for for Oklahoma. Now, while Houston's not a great defensive team, Oklahoma City's not a great offensive team, and so even on nights when when they're not hitting threes to a prolific rate, they're still hitting them. They're still hitting them very well. They're always going to be one of the best three-point shooting teams on any given night, and so they're going to have to generate a lot of second chance points. While they have. Well, Oklahoma City has some great rebounders. Ross, uh, Steven Adams, Cantor, Taj Gibson. These guys are great offensive rebounders. But, Noah, do you really think they can get – I mean, they're going to have to get like 20-plus offensive rebounds some games to pull one out.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm so, – I mean, I'm just stating the obvious here. The slower and sloppier the game is, it's going to favor OKC. Right. Because if this thing becomes a foot race – uh, race to 130, Houston's winning every time. And that being said, I think Houston's the most fascinating team in the playoffs right now. And, and what I mean by that, and I don't mean best, I just mean they have this unique ability uh, to win any game, no matter the circumstance, no matter the location, just based on the fact they make so many three pointers, right? Like they're going to shoot a bunch of threes. And even if it's a critical game three in OKC, if those threes go in, they're going to win the game. But at the same time, they have the the ability to lose any game, no matter how obvious it looks like they might win it. Um, If it's like a home game in a clutch situation uh, and they miss their threes, they're not going to win that game. So that being said, I can see Houston's threes not falling in one night at most two but I really just don't see that there's a way for them to lose the series. And as you said, OKC is just betting on this all-out battle on the glass. That doesn't happen in Rockets games. I've like, watched a lot of Rockets games this year. I don't remember one where, I, where it was like a, it was a, you know, a traditional battle in the front court. The Rockets play their style of basketball, and you have to adapt to it, and that's what makes them so great. Um, so I'm going to go Rockets in five.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Um I actually thought I was going to get a little more of a fight from you about uh about this matchup. So that's interest- that's interesting that you went five.
1: Well, you know I'm not a Westbrook guy either. Yeah. So like Yeah. I- I'm a Harden I'm a Harden guy, so of course I'm gonna be a little <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So you no know um let me let me toss that question. So we're both going Houston in five. So now so now, and we broke down what OKC has to do to win, but um, now I want your personal opinion on how I preference these next two matchups. Which matchup are you looking forward to most? Uh, Houston versus OKC or the Clippers versus the Jazz?
1: I'm, I'm, I am I'm. told you this last show, I'm looking forward to Clippers-Jazz more because I just feel like there's much more at stake, right? OKC loses the series. Okay, you still got Westbrook. Uh, co- Oh, Houston somehow blows the series. Then it gets interesting, but they still are going to end up with James Harden and probably the same team next year. If, you know, Utah loses, they might lose Gordon Hayward. And if the Clippers lose this series, they might lose their whole team. So much, much more at stake in the Jazz Clippers series, I think.
0: (laughs) All right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's get into it. This one is going to be the all-out basketball nerd Uh, series i think this one is just going to be the battle of utah it's just the ultimate utah is the epitome of a basketball nerds uh franchise right like they just play defense they they play just flawless execution not flashy not really entertaining uh and then and then versus the clippers which is just this constant hype city it's a battle of two different cultures Clippers versus Jazz have the same record, and the the Jazz have been unhealthy all year, and the Clippers have been unhealthy all year. The parallels between them are unreal. They're, I mean, they're practically coming into a series where they're both in the same boat. They both have a lot to lose, like you, uh, like you alluded to. Uh, no, my my thing with Utah is this. I just. I know I know I said uh I know I said show me the weakness at the beginning of the year and um I've been saying that throughout the year but when it comes to playoffs do they really have enough to match the firepower of CP3, Blake Griffin, JJ Redick and DeAndre Jordan cuz I I'm not sure as great as defensively as Utah is do they have enough offense to match that
1: I think they do I think this series is going to be awfully interesting and really long. I don't think – I've heard a few hot takes – I don't even know to the hot take, but I've heard a few takes that – oh, Clippers in five. Too much firepower. CP3's not going to let his team lose again in the first. Give me a break. This Utah team is terrific. And as you said it earlier, and we said it all season, they are a lot better than their record. They dealt with a lot of injuries, and I get it, the Clippers are too, which is why neither team might should be a 5 or 4. Both are capable of that 3 seed, probably. But Utah's so great defensively. Quinn Snyder's a great coach. And I think, I think O'Bear is really, really good, and I don't think he's... This guy's just gonna be canceled out by DeAndre Jordan. How you know a lot of people are throwing that storyline out there. I would. Now. I, I think would he's actually win the battle against.
0: I would. I would actually. Sorry, throw, I would actually throw it the other way around. I think there's. If anything, I would favor Gobert to cancel out DeAndre.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um. So I'm really struggling on who to pick to win. I. I think this series goes seven. Like I really am like. strong on that opinion. This is going the distance. But at that point, it's game seven in L.A. Ah, how do I bet against the Clippers, right? How do I bet against CP3 in that? So, you know, gun to my head, if I had to predict it, I would say Clippers in seven. But out of all the series that we have talked about in terms of who's winning the series, because, yes, I did ultimately pick the Spurs to win, this is the one that I'm most uncertain about, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is the one that just has basketball insiders torn apart because this is, this has the quality of a a decade ago when the NBA was kind of in a drought, this could have been a conference finals matchup. Like these two teams are really, really good. Ultimately, I'm going to go Clippers in six because I just think, I just think it comes down to experience. I'm a big believer in experience and I'm. I'm a big believer in, you know, the team uh, that that when a team is on the come up like the Jazz, that more often than not, I think really the only outlier I can truly remember is Golden State, a team that very quickly ascended to championship level. But they really didn't either. I mean, they lost to the Clippers in the first round then they lost to the um, they lost the I think the year before or the year after to the Spurs in the second round. And you know this is the Jazz first playoff series. This is Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gobert's first playoff series. And when you have guys like diao that's that's great. diao has been in many playoff games. He's a champion, but diao's not your best guy. It'd be different if 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 Gobert and Hayward were the ones with playoff experience. So, you know, I, I think well, I, and and I just I, I as weirdly as it sounds, I just trust the Clippers more. I like, I like, I like the Clippers. I like the Clippers' firepower. I just love that four-man lineup of, of Blake, Reddick, and, and CP3 and DeAndre. I just think it, I think it works so well. Other than the fact, uh, I think it works so well until you have to put a fifth player on the floor, then they're screwed. But yeah, I'm I'm going with the Clippers, man. I I think I, I'm kind of on that boat. I just think too much firepower, despite all the respect in the world I have for the Jazz defense
1: yeah let me tell you this though i think I, i'm rooting for the jazz mostly because i think that second round matchup between the jazz and the warriors would be becomes great. a lot more interesting than a clippers warriors series am, am i crazy to say that no
0: no i'm 100 behind that i totally think that if you if you were to match them up i I totally think that the the Jazz would give them a better threat. I mean, ideally on paper, the Clippers should, but
1: the Clippers We've are just
0: it. underwhelming. Like to be totally honest. So, I'm picking. Yeah. I'm picking the. I'm picking the Jazz in, in that matchup. Like to to be a better fight against the Warriors. So I'm with you. I think I would like to root the Jazz for the Jazz just because. Also, I would enjoy the chaos of 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 L A. Probably. We would probably see to the level of L.A. Riots. <laughs> we would see, like, L.A. Riot-level status if the Clippers get knocked in the first round by the Jazz. Um, so, I mean, very, very interesting. I just... I Man, it's so hard to pick against the Jazz because the Jazz have... I, I just... I love that five-man lineup. Like, I think it's very perfect other than the fact that Favors has been underwhelming. Um, so... I I don't know man. I don't know. I'm picking clippers and six, but I have no confidence in this pick. <laughs> it's
1: Alright. I you look, I think this is gonna be a good first round. Yeah. I, I, I really do. And I think there's uh there could be a series we're overlooking. It's 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 there's really something playoff time.
0: There's gotta be something in the East yeah. that we're overlooking because
1: we're definitely looking I, i'm definitely overlooking atlanta i can see it coming now <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh yeah to be honest i don't i don't know it's just the way the way things pan out you know you're we're not going to get the eastern conference every team winning in five like or or, or four so someone's going to go six or seven that's just that's just like the laws of basketball nature uh the west though yeah. the west is going to be very interesting uh you know and to be honest My closing thoughts for this as we get to wrap this up now, my closing thoughts would be with with Houston and OKC is like, there's also this part of me that says, look at Houston's team, look at the history and lineage of these kinds of teams and how they fare in the playoffs
1: good point not great and
0: yeah and so it's, if the, if it slows down if Harden doesn't get these foul calls if Lou Williams doesn't get these foul calls who's a notoriously bad playoff performer by the way um that I wonder if OKC can make it ugly enough to grind out some wins and put this team on its back uh you know so it, it the Western Conference is going to be very interesting I can't wait for it for these matchups um you said you're most looking forward to the Clippers and, and Jazz. I'm I'm with you, but I'm also 1A is, is the Clippers and Jazz, 1B is the Rockets and Thunder. I can't wait for the playoffs. Noah, I'm going to try and have you back on within the next week or two to break down everything we hear and see about the playoffs and, and how these go. So, um, Give us some parting words uh, about the playoffs
1: um all right i gotta think of something here <laughs> <laughs> all right because i gotta end on a end on a boom and i'm gonna go back to probably my craziest uh prediction of them all watch out for the grit and grind of the memphis <laughs> don't overlook them i know san antonio is a 10 point favorite tomorrow night they're not winning by 10 they're not all right this is going to be a grit and grind of a series and you heard it here first <laughs>
0: All right, Noah Wolfman, bringing the hot takes. Noah, thank you for coming on. Uh, fans who are listening to the podcast, you will be getting shortly, either today, we're recording this mid-afternoon on Friday, going to have it up Friday for sure, and I'm trying to record, a schedule. trying to track down a scheduled podcast with Max later today that might upload either tonight or the following day on Saturday. But it will, be, uh, it will be just a strictly non-playoffs, just all NBA awards. All first team, second team, third team, all all NBA teams, all awards, MVP, six-man, everything. Going to try and get you that podcast as soon as you can. So stay on the lookout for that. Uh, I got a lot of pod, podcast content coming in the hip-hop world as well. Uh, Drake album review, Joey Badass album review, um Kodak Black album review Rick Ross album review the new Kendrick just dropped last night that shit's crazy that's gonna be that's gonna be an album review some point soon in the near future and of course the major quarterly podcast is going to happen with Kalo and Chris uh the two biggest hip-hop guests I have and so that will that will do it for me you guys can find all my content on my Twitter and it's the new Twitter handle now so if you're listening to some old podcasts, you, you won't know, but my Twitter handle is now at RealChrisPlaty. That Platy is spelled P L A T T E. And Chris, of course, is just spelled C H R I S. So, RealChrisPlaty, all one word, no caps, no lowercase, no spaces, no underlines, hashtags, anything. Just RealChrisPlaty. Very simple. And on my profile, you will find a link to Podbean and iTunes, whichever platform you prefer to listen to to my podcast on and i would greatly greatly appreciate if you leave a review give us five stars um that really helps me that really helps me get out there that really helps the name the name of the podcast get out there and and uh, really just helps promote the podcast in general and for those that leave reviews i will be in an upcoming podcast very very soon i will be uh shouting out everyone who has written a review so please if you have not submitted a review submit it on iTunes please if for those that listen on iTunes thank you guys for listening to Strictly Hoop Talk I will be back again soon with an, another NBA playoff podcast Noah tell them where to find you
1: yeah follow me on Twitter at Noah Chris it was a pleasure being on your show again and let's go basketball because we don't have the Pistons let's just cheer for basketball <laughs> yeah
0: now we have nothing to be biased about because the Pistons are just a mess right now. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Noah, for coming on, man. It's always great having you on, buddy. And I'm sure we'll be back talking some playoff basketball soon just to see how wrong we were.